Hi, I'm Rick Hoberg. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles, episode 54, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 198 and X-Men number 127 from August 1979. Welcome to the 54th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Chris Tatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by their release date from my comic book collection, either in a digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode, we will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having fun along the way talking about them with my friends. Speaking about my friends, joining me as always is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Death Pro. Hello, Pat. Hello. Hello. I tell you what, behind the scenes, I make the calendar. I try to keep all of our shows straight. I try to organize guests. You guys don't do anything. I really can't take this anymore. Pressure's really getting to me. I'm tired of all the laziness. Me doing Jared, all the work. Give up. Jared, ah, dude, bro, bro, ah, calm down. Uh oh. Uh oh. Ain't me. It's a J. Jonah Jameson joke. For oh, this, J. Jonah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm getting confused. Ain't me. It was a. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spider Man's a menace. Uh, uh. There, there, I sold it. <laughs> oh well, I hope you feel better. You know, you can get. We'll the, see. Get the I guess you next yeah. issue. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. Speaking about finding out, let's find out what Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht is up to. Yeah, that's right, Pat. I'm here on the show despite you guys' best attempts to prevent me from getting here with your illusions, with your trickery, with your chicanery. But as usual, I'm smarter than the three of you. I'm wiser, more experienced. What you didn't count on was that I would super glue my eyes shut. So that I would not fall prey to your trick. Don't try to walk and talk. (laughs) Now, excuse me. Watch out for the cats, Jason. Sorry, excuse me. Now, now comes the butt whooping, and here it comes. I'm over here, Jason. Pat, can you say that more? Over here now. Okay, yeah, here I come. Here I come. On your right. Right. Put your hand right in front of your face. Forgot he doesn't have a weasel sense. You know, maybe I should have thought this through a little better. <laughs> it should stick with your weasel skull sensitivity there. Never underestimate the weasel skull. Delvin. Can someone dial 911 about these eyes? <laughs> and I might be dead. Did you use the super glue? Well, I was afraid regular glue wouldn't be strong enough. Mm, so you went to the super right away. Good thinking. Gorilla glue is the same as super glue, right? Sure. Let's check in with Delvin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where to land that joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> it really funny. It was just hovering. Zzzz. 
All right, let's go ahead and check in with Delvin D. Dark Web Williams. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for asking. A little bit excited. You know why? Why? Well, I found a way that we can save on having to fly back and forth to the luxurious, ridiculously extravagant Longbox Crusade headquarters and then uh, to Wayne Manor in the Batcave mm-hmm. and then, you know, all the way over to England as well. I found a way to save all the money. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, Proteus. I mean, just have him look at us and he can send us right there like that. Boom. I mean, the mofo shifted gravity. If he can do that, just snap his fingers and next thing you know, we're right there. Saves a lot of money. Just got to keep him on, you know, his good side. Well, I got, I got a little comic book trivia for you. Way, way back before he was Proteus, he was Amateurious. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to say it was Electronus. Because <laughs> he went from Amateurius to Proteus. Oh. I'm dying! Okay. Ah! Uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Not going to make it, boy. Uh, well, those are the bits, I guess, that we get for tonight all the time. <laughs> 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 well, I was really proud of mine coming in. I was like, what the <laughs> I mean, this is going to kill. Every single one of them fizzled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're not a Patreon member, you didn't pay for this. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and if you are, sometimes we make good stuff. Sometimes we make bad stuff. You know, <laughs> you know, we throw it out there. We see what sticks. <laughs> like Eddie Murphy, every one of his jokes weren't funny. You know, you just heard the ones on TV. Yeah. Like off camera, people are like, that's funny. Speaking about not good stuff, why don't we go ahead and get into this episode's issues? And maybe they are good stuff, but we will find out pretty soon. But before we do, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. Born out of violence, adopted in chaos, teenager Cassandra Kane is seeking the answer to a question. If nurture can undo nature... Raised to be an assassin, Cassandra is trying to burn the pages of her past and write a whole new future. So I'm throwing gasoline of vengeance and I'm lighting matches with my pain. Now I'm setting fire to those who've burned me as I walk. Can write to us at thehunterspodcast.com or go to Twitter at Huntress Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your other podcatchers. This podcast shares a feed with the Huntress Podcast, the Bad Girl Cassandra Kane Podcast. Cheers. Welcome back from the break. Now let's go ahead and get to the first featured comic for this episode. And it is Amazing Spider-Man number 198. Woo, we are two away from 200. There's a lot of stuff building, but we will find out what's happening soon enough. Let's go ahead and go to the credits for this issue. And that's provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of November 1979, but its on-sale date is August 14th, 1979. 
cover price is 40 cents. Editor and writer is Marv Wolfman. Penciler, Sal Buscema. Anchor, Jim Mooney. Letterer is Irving Watanabe. Colorist is the Cutlery Bad Colorist, Glennis Ween. That's a show now. It's a show. You can read along with us in reprints in Essential Spider-Man Volume 9, Trade Paperback, Marvel Masterworks Volume 245 of Amazing Spider-Man, and Marvel Unlimited. And we hope that you do and make some comments on the way as you go. Let's go ahead and get into some cover credits. Penciler is Keith Pollard, and inker is Bob McCloud of the Inking McClouds. And speaking about the cover... Let's get a cover description from Jared. You got it. The gold key logo is in its black corner box, and the Daffy Duck title font is in blue. The main action shows an irate Elmer Fudd, and he's running an all-you-can-eat buffet. Daffy is walking off with four plates of food and a cup of coffee balanced on his head. Jared, Mm. this is not Daffy Duck. This is is amazing Spidey. I just see it as I see it, man, unless it's some sort of a... a It's probably an illusion. Illusion, yep, that's it. Probably an example. Nope, there you go. Yep, it's not Daffy Duck. Although I went to the extreme of finding out what Daffy Duck cover was on the stands at this point for that joke. That was my Mysterio joke, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here's your real cover description. The Marvel Comics group banner is blue with black letters and Spider-Man stands in his purple corner box. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is red with black highlights and it includes the webs. Main action shows Spidey in a fog surrounded by images of Mysterio. Spider-Man shouts, all these images of Mysterio attacking me at once, but how can I tell which one is my real foe? A cover blurb reads, Mysterio is deadlier by the dozen, even though there are only five on the cover. That would never fly for Auburn Elvis. He would, Mm -mm. (laughs) you say by the dozen, you better have 12 on that. (laughs) That's not even a baker's dozen. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Someone can't count. Oh, well. Well, Jared, thank you for that mysteriously i got duped the first time i yeah uh definitely a daffy ducky kind of a duped (laughs) (laughs) we're not firing all cylinders tonight folks no yeah (laughs) we got we got like three going we got three going in a four banger (laughs) 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 all right well let's go ahead and get into some quick cover thoughts and we will start with delvin I didn't know Keith Pollard drew this. I assume Sal Buscema drew it uh, because <laughs> as Jared has had about a multi-issue gripe now that's legitimate, like, I don't know what Keith's up to, man. Like, oh boy, it's just, he was not up to the gig of having the flagship title. The cover's okay, but to an accomplished penciler, I would bet that he could get this cover done in about an hour. It didn't look like it took him a very long time to do this cover. And I I mean, it's Mysterio. I get it. You know, he was surrounded by it. It's sort of to pick something that did happen in the book. But something about the cover isn't great. It doesn't just jump out at me. Like Spidey looks like he's in his, I guess he's supposed to be confused, but it looks like he's just in this weird pose. And so um, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's eh. And with that, I'm going to pass that energy to Jarrett, see what he does with it. Well, I'm not going to help you a whole heck of a lot, although I do feel like I like it better than you do. I, I like the Mysterios. He's a good Spider-Man villain. I like the way the yellow background sells the Mysterios and the fog. I really like the fog, but I think, Delvin, one of the things that might be bugging you subconsciously, because it bugs me, is the fog. 
and it is Spider-Man's right leg, which is more in the foreground, like in front of standing on fog. He would have been much better served and would have saved himself a little time to put that leg directly in the fog, fog. (laughs) which I think would make it blend. Like this is one of those covers where it feels like he did a really great job on the Mysterio border and then just whap the Spider-Man on there. Oh, I got to put Spider-Man in here. It might have been one of his like sort of go-tos that he might have just no. I'm not saying this is what happened, folks. I don't know. I wasn't there, but he might have just like, boom, light box this bad boy, trace it off and we're a go. You know, I'm definitely not saying that's what he did, but it feels slapped on is is what I'm saying. I mean, otherwise, though, I like the color and I like the balance and I like the design. So it's got a lot going for it. But I really think he could have integrated that leg into the fog and it would have really helped Jason. Yeah, I think I'm more in your camp with this one, Jared. I really like Mysterio. I think he's good visually. So as far as a cover character goes, he's a good one. You can kind of tell that he's cheating a little bit by using the Mysterio character itself is not very complex. It's basically a sphere and then elements of a body. And then you have the fog, which helps him because he doesn't have to draw any backgrounds or anything at this point. I'm really glad you pointed out that thing about the leg because there was something that was bothering me and that's it exactly. So all in all, I think he cheated a lot on this cover, but it it looks decent. And I'll leave it at that and let Pat wrap it up. I think I'm feeling exactly what you guys are feeling as well too on this one. And as you said, Jared did point it out, there was something on here. It's either the leg or it's the five spears that are kind of encircling him like that, too, kind of throws it off for me. <laughs> encircling him. Oh, oh, not bad, not bad. Not that bad. That's, I didn't even know I was doing it. I did it. And then I think just the yellow background, too, though. Maybe it needed to be like a more darker behind the one Mysterio's in the back, like behind the Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe that yellow could have gone away and just kept the yellow on the floor. Would have made it pop a little bit more for me. But it is interesting, and I think Jason said it exactly correct, where Mysterio is a good villain to see on a cover, because you don't know what you're going to get. It's a mystery. You open it up, and you figure out what's going to happen to it. Let's go ahead and get to the cover ratings for the cover. It's a one through five rating system here on the Crusader Chronicles. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, really (laughs) liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. It's like, why are you going the opposite way? Clockwise. Gotta go clockwise. Yeah, clockwise. <laughs> but let's find out, Jason. One through five. I'm going to solid three on this one. Uh, Mysterio helped sell it for me, uh, despite its flaws. So I think pretty uncontroversial three for me here. Delvin. I'm at a three as well. It's just one of those like... Uninspired three. Yeah. Right in the middle there. What about you, Pat? I'm going to be with you on three island right now. So there's room for three of us. Will there be a fourth or will it be a two or a four or a one? Jared. If Joe November was here, I'd probably give it a 3.5. I may like it the best out of all of us, but Pollard has not earned the bump up. I've been ragging on him for a few episodes now. He can't seem to get a book done. And when I opened that book to that first page and it said Sal Bushima, I'm ashamed to say I went, oh, thank God. <laughs> so yeah. 
I can't. I I I want to give you the love, Pete, but you just haven't earned it. So you're you're sitting in a three. All right. Well, I guess we all are on three islands. So you know what that means, boys. <laughs> we have hit Three's Company Island. Hanging out with Mr. Roper. Mm-hmm. I think I just called Keith Pollard Pete in my you bag. You did. You did. You know it's, what? it's like a nickname. It's yeah. a nickname. Pete, Pete Collard. What a, you know. Keith you know. Pete Collard. There we go. Why they call him I Pete? Mean, I don't know. <laughs> you can't get a book right. We can't get a name right. How do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> still still bad love for Keith Pollard. He's a talented guy, but just wasn't making the mark at this point. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pete. <laughs> I thought I was Pete. Yeah, yeah. That's what they call me in Plexico. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, bigger things on the horizon for Keith Pete Pollard. So let's go ahead and get into the story synopsis from Delvin. Let's go. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. This book is Mysterio is Deadlier by the Dozen. Spidey is semi-conscious and a whole lot of broken, thanks to a beatdown at the hands of the kingpin. So much so, he is carted to the hospital, haunted because a Spidey might say, I live my life fighting sins, or Viva la vida, pelando picados. Spidey is lucky to find a doctor who understands his plight, so much so that the doc wouldn't dare remove Spidey's mask. Yep, that's a clue to the theme, too. Sometimes things work out like that. Looks like Dr. Reinhardt's gig is starting to become clearer. He turns the tables on the guy who killed poor Uncle Ben and ransacked May Parker's house in search of a yet unrevealed treasure. What you gonna do when we come for you, the doc might have said. In a piece of exposition, the doc reveals he was once in jail and he was a mysterious villain at It's Mysterio. The cover gave that away, so why am I wrapping this in mystery? To hell with that. Mysterio is on to a new scam, robbing old folks of their goods, posing as a nursing home doc. But this new scam that was dropped in his lap was too good to pass up, so he's doing that too. 
Spidey finally wakes up and darts from the hospital to Restwell Nursing Home. Corley, Corley, underlay, and realizes the name of Ludwig Reinhardt had been used before on him by an old and apparently not too original f- Mysterio. It's Mysterio. And thus, Spidey is coming for him. Yaigo El Spider-Man. Flashing on the scene like a brown crusader. After falling for tons of Mysterio's tricks, too much damage for one to manage, Spidey falls big time to Mysterio's ultimate trick, splitting into a dozen different Mysterios, of which none of them were actually the bubble-headed foe. Mysterio could kill Spidey outright, but in dramatic fashion, leaves him to drown at the bottom of a pool instead. You know where else has a lot of water? San Diego. Booyaka! One last thing. Jonah has lost basically all of his marbles and he never had that many to begin with. His ranting about Peter and Robertson leaving him having a nervous breakdown in front of his shareholders. Not exactly what you would expect from Bateau Cabron de Nueva York, the whiz of New York City. Back to you, Pat. I'll give you a dollar. I have questions. Yes. Yes, Jared. All right. Is this a combination of the fact that we are recording on Cinco de Mayo? And are those Ray Mysterio references? Yeah, that was where I was going. <laughs> those are very oh, much Ray Mysterio references. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Is Cinco de Mayo just a happy coincidence then? Very happy coincidence, yes. <laughs> okay. Like, and, like, looking at the theme of uh, Ray Mysterio, he had, like, a lot of Spanish lyrics and was like, well, let's try to tie this in here and then just bring in a translation, you know, into it. So, boy, being amigo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Muy thank you. Whatever thank you in Spanish is, sir. What is thank you in Spanish? Gracias. Gracias. Oh my God. I'm so stupid. That's stupid though. That's stupid though. Ay, 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 Delver. Que lastima. That means how sad. Yes. I know some Spanish. Donde es la biblioteca? The biblioteca is a mucho grapo. <laughs> yes, it's a handsome library. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and get into the brick of rack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Jared. First read. Jason. First read for me as well. Delvin. You know, we've been called out on faking the rainbows, and so I don't want to fake it, so it's a reread. Hmm. It's a first read for me, but I guess that doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> hmm. Maybe we shouldn't ask Delvin. We just assume Jared's going to be it. doing it soon, too. <laughs> Come under the bus with me, Jared. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to start ruining a whole bunch yeah, of rainbows. Right. So. <laughs> we'll have to find something different. Boy, we got to figure out something. At some point, we'll flip it. And when everybody's already read it, then it's a reading rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Dig it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into high lows and what does for this issue. Jared, do you have a high low or what the? Uh, A what the? Uh, With the Daffy Duck on the cover, I was shocked. (laughs) I was like, too, like, what the duck? (laughs) What the duck's going on? Okay. Let me go with my obvious high. I tipped my cards earlier. Uh, Sal Basima on the book. Like I said, it made me happy. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, because I went in with the suspicious eye. I was like, is Keith Pollard going to get bailed out by Esposito or somebody like that once again? Or what's going on here? And Jared, we can't go on together with suspicious eyes.
No, I was going to stop you to say, Espedito! Espedito! <laughs> it's Cinco de Mayo! <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. Uh, anyways, so it was cool to see him on the art team, and I liked the art, and that's where I'll leave it in round one. And we'll go to, I don't know, Delvin. I wish that... Nah, I, uh, use a different cover then, you know? They were building up, and they are like... Friday's like, I know who he is, and I broke out of the hospital, and I'm going after this dude because I remember the name that was used against me in the past. And yeah, I know, dude. We all know. It's Mysterio. We, we know. The cover said it. Why? By the dozen. By the do- <laughs> Why? They blew it. They blew it. They had right, You know, you're right. They did, because I honestly didn't remember who it was we i think we talked about that at the end of last episode and i was like i can't remember who it is and i i made a guess that was wrong and yeah yeah Yeah, delvin was kind of he was the only one who knew and you know i was like oh now i'm excited to find out and you're right as soon as i looked at it i go i guess it was mysterio (laughs) (laughs) it's right on the cup why oh i'm sorry so that's my what the what the slash bad why go ahead jason hey last I'm going to go with a what the and Delvin. I'm hoping you or maybe Jared can explain to me how Mysterio's powers work. Cause I was really confused. I thought, I thought he was like a movie illusionist who used gimmicks and gadgets to do his illusions. But now I'm getting the sense he has some sort of power to like, is it like a mutant ability or how was he, how was he doing these illusions? that he was tricking Spider-Man with in this comic. He's not a mutant. Regular A dude with um, a lot of high-tech movie effects. And they have played that in the Marvel Universe to varying abilities. Mysterio has gone all the way down to being a kind of joke of sorts to being a pretty formidable foe for Spidey. He's been a formidable foe for Daredevil. They based the whole storyline, Old Man Logan, off of Mysterio creating an illusion so real that Wolverine was fooled and he slaughtered the X-Men. So take that for what you will. He is very, very good at illusion and deception. Okay, My my answer was going to be this. Whatever the writer wants him to be. (laughs) That's how I've always read Mysterio. Is However far the writer wants to take it. Mine is, uh, it's all in the smoke. Mm. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. (laughs) Three different answers. You pick which one you think is correct. It was none of them. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. twist. It's a mystery. So he must have just used some sort of uh, conventional chicanery there to. um... Yeah. Okay. Chicanery. This is Mm -hmm. the second time you've said chicanery. Chicanery. Mm. Like being a trickster. Hijinks. Factory. Hijinks, yeah. Come foolery. Uh, he uh, starred in the first several James Bond movies. Tom Fleury? No, Chicanery. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's me, Chicanery. Sir Chicanery. <laughs> Sir Chicanery, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pat and I are entertaining each other. It <laughs> 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 oh, was a good one. <laughs> the more you say it, it's funny. <laughs> Chicanery. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm going to. I uh, think it was Jason's. <laughs> yeah, no, that was my what the. I'm going to pass it off to Del or to Pat now. So, what did you learn, Jason? What did you learn about Mysterio's power set? 
I don't understand how he did what he did in the comics, but uh, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something here. Yeah, he's always been a little, you know, it sounds like the joke, but I'm kind of being serious. Kind of always been what the writers want it to be. It's mm-hmm. Well, I kind of thought, you know, if you compare him, I think the probably the quickest comparison to a DC character would be like Scarecrow. Like Scarecrow makes sense to me because he has the the gases that mm-hmm. you know take over your mind and compel you to see things that aren't there. So I thought maybe that's what Mysterio is using here in this scenario or something to that effect. But I just couldn't quite make heads or tails of how he was doing what he was doing. So hence my question. Which means you fell for his illusion too. Ooh, you get duped. Hey, if Wolverine fell for it. And he did in an alternate storyline, but he did. I'm twice divorced. If anybody's going to fall for an illusion, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your LPC moment of sadness. It pops up in every episode. I'm going to actually talk a little bit more about Mysterio 2 on this. I think this was a good character moment for him. We got a little more backstory of where he was, what he did. You know, the whole, well, since I got you here now and you're not going to be able to talk, he went into the whole yada, 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 this is how I got here. You know, I faked my death, did all this, now I'm doing that. Luckily, you came along and yada, yada, yada. It's like, oh, man, here we go. Flashback. But it made sense. (laughs) I think I, I think pulled me more into the story on why he was doing it. We still don't know what wealth is in that home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nope, no idea. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It must not be then. It must not be super important. But there's got to be something. It's like why did there's so much money that Aunt Me is sitting on or what? I don't know. Old bird is loaded. Didn't even tell anybody. And then Pete be mad. It's like all those times I wore those cheap shoes. I don't even like wheat cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Make me go out and keep working just saying we didn't have rent. You had rent sitting underneath the house, Aunt May. What's going on here? Treat people yeah. like cornflakes without the milk. milk. I'm sorry. You didn't carry it away. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Aunt May. You come down here. You sit here. Hand over that walking cane. And close your mouth because you're cold busted. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how the characterization of Mysterio was played in here. I think it's very good. And it brought that extra excitement in it, even though we knew who it was from the cover, like Delvin said, I just thought there's a lot more interesting fight for Spider-Man because he was really having a struggle with it too. And trying to figure out, okay, well, I got to close my eyes and figure this out. And sometimes that wasn't helping at all either, but I think he could be a good deadly foe or a good, you know, good foe for Spider-Man. He has been to varying degrees over history. As Spider-Man got more experienced, he started realizing that if it's not triggering my spidey sense, I'm not falling for it. Mm. And so that allowed him to kind of sniff out a lot more of Mysterio's illusion. So Mysterio had to come up with other crafty ways. But like the his mist always interfered with Spidey's webbing. Something about the, you know, chemical composition of it always affected Spider-Man's webs. That's been a consistent thing. So it was interesting for me looking and seeing some of the ways that Spidey might be duped or fooled back in, you know, 198, back in 79, as opposed Mm -hmm. to if he were to face Mysterio today. I'll take that as my um, next high-low comment or whatever. And let's throw it up to Jared, too, if he has something to add. 
Well, I just want to mention the doctor who was like, no, we will not take off Spider-Man's mask, which is cool. Yeah. But then at the same time, he was trying to give him oxygen. To the <laughs> I, was like, I was like, why don't you just roll it up? Just roll it up a little. <laughs> just, just roll it up a little. You need to get him some oxygen. Do the MJ roll, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just So I thought it was like. It was a little bit silly, but I just thought it was kind of cool that the doctor was like, you know, nobody messes with the mask. He's like a man of uh, virtue. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool. I'm surprised that they made it to the hospital without them. Oh, the police officers could have just taken it off right there. He passed out once they came in the house there. Again, this is the late 70s. It was modern yeah. day. There'd be people getting selfies with unconscious Spider-Man and drawing <laughs> this is on Peter Parker's forehead. <laughs> Welcome to Superhero Jack. <laughs> One more joke since I got jokes here. See, I, I thought when I was reading it that it would have been funny if it were the doctor from the hospital. Ooh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. He'd be, yeah, he'd be like, oh, I, wow. We, we could take off his mask, but he's a loser under it anyway. I just, I just know it. Something about his whole energy. I, just, I don't like him. I miss that character. He was so hate-filled. <laughs> or you could go the other way. He still admires Spider-Man, but he's talking talking trash about Peter the whole time. Like, yeah, you wouldn't believe this one patient I had. What a loser nephew. <laughs> like, would Maybe. you take care of your aunt? Would you do that, you deadbeat? <laughs> but maybe that doctor was Mysterio, playing it all along, trying to get her money. And so he's calling Pete a deadbeat and all this, making Pete all kind of that. So then he'll leave her at the hospital and then well, the I'm stretching. I know I'm stretching there. Yeah, the hospital's different from the nursing home. She got moved from the hospital to the But he's got to have a way to get from- But he still probably calls Peter Parker. He's like, Mr. Parker, I got news about your aunt. What, is she going to be okay? No, it's just that you suck. And then he- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah the, the, the news about your aunt is that you're a deadbeat and no one likes you. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with my aunt. I know. <laughs> I'll do you next month. <laughs> I'm dying of you. <laughs> Jared, do you have any other? No, I gave you the I them? gave you the doctor. Okay. I think it's Jason's turn. Jason. Well, while we're on the subject of masks, how you were talking about the doctor did not remove Spider-Man's mask, I still, we still don't know the answer to J. Jonah Jameson. Did he or did he not remove the mask? And I'm starting to think that the writers are hoping we forgot. And I did not. <laughs> and I just want to mark that right here. Watching you, Marv Wolfman. We're not going to just bust on Keith Pete Pollard. <laughs> no, sir. We're keeping an eye on you too, Marv Wolfman. You planted a seed, Marv, and I want to see the fruit. Somebody do the somebody take a joke swinging. <laughs> Jason wants to see the fruit. Somebody It does. It does feel like I, I, man, I told you, we're on three cylinders tonight. Because it feels like there's a joke there, like that is just put up on a T and it's just like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but I can't think of anything. Yeah. Like, this is the build your own joke episode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we give you the pieces. Insert you your joke here you now. Make the joke. That's right. <laughs> it's filling the joke night. It's silly. Silly was walking down by the seashore and she blanked. 
And we will go to Jason Charles Riley in the corner. I'm with you there. Charles Nelson Riley. Yes. That dude did nothing. Like, what was he? You know what? I'm sorry. I I'm not getting up distracted. For, but, I almost uh, did it. Dang it. I was like, <laughs> whose turn is it? Pat, is it yours? I think so. Or is it, has Jason got a turn this round? Pat, why don't you uh, take it from here? Well, I'm going to take your J. Jonah Jameson and talk a little bit about that as well, too. We have, again, some more character moments going on here along with him. They were giving him, like, what, two pages of story for Jameson on this one? Very packed with information, how he's getting stressed out, and then it finally comes to a headway there at the end, and now we're trying to wonder, what's going on with J. Jonah? Is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? Marla's there, too, so it's good to see her. And then she says, well, I'm just, I can't, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a chemist. I said, well, then what are you building robots for? We we discussed this. It made no sense. <laughs> it's, it's been years ago, but we're, I, cause I was, I, I was on the same thing where she, I think she, at the time she was like a molecular biologist, maybe she switched like scientific degrees about 18 times. But she's one of those that's not whatever she needs to be at that particular mm. instance. That's her specialty. All right, I'll give her. I'll give her that. But I was it was good to see her. But then I'm like, wait a minute, she's not what she said she is. I'm like, well, what's going on here? It's just a sure sign that Marla and Jay Jonah will never fully get together. Nope, ever. This is a ever. flash in the pan. Not going to happen. But also, it is worth notice, like noting that Jonah snapped even at Marla. Mm-hmm. He just went, I mean, he, he just went off the doggone deep end. So looks like we're going to have to address some issues with Jonah losing his, his, uh, his S because he lost all of his S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all over that. Yeah. He's, he's gone. He ain't got whoever it. Right in his way. Yep. Whoever got in his way. I feel sorry for whoever continued to get in his way that day. Man, even the guy that came in with the, we got the press ready for the first sheet. What do you think? Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa. Bit, bit his head off. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that gives it for the high lows. And what does round? Does anybody have anything else? The, the issue kind of did itself. So it was like. It's very simple. Yeah. Simple issue. A lot going on, but very simple, I thought. Kept it moving. I'm interested to see where this is going, especially what happens in 200. That way we're about one more away now. Yep. Getting close. See how this resolves. Is Peter going to get out of the pool? Or is he going to drown? I don't know. We is there possibly out. a Pope in that pool? I was wondering oh. what he was going to come up with. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pool, I pulled the Pope in the pool out of the pool. It's been in there for a little bit. I'm yes. certain I almost brought it back. So brought it back for this one. <laughs> Dusting that one off. <laughs> Getting it ready. Putting that, the Pope in the Terry cloth onesie. Anything yeah. else with poo side. All right, well, let's go ahead and get to the silly Spidey moment for this one. And boy, I don't know about you guys. I had a hard time trying to figure this one out. But let's see what you guys came up with. We'll start with Jason. You know, I think I did enjoy the story. I enjoyed it. It was a little spoiled for me from the get-go because of the covers we talked about. I'm going to give this one a three. Okay. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) Sure. What's your silly Spidey moment? I'll do a silly oh, Spidey moment. <laughs> <laughs> we are off. What's going on? Goodness <laughs> gracious. Oh, silly Spidey moment. Uh, webbing the eyes shut. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, okay. 
what are the odds that old boy brought a tiger into a nursing home? <laughs> you know, you know, if somebody did bring maybe a tiger. Maybe zoo day at the nursing home. They're bringing him for the. Maybe a couple of gray cougars, but definitely not a tiger. <laughs> you know. I, That's a four-cylinder joke, baby. Bang, 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 bang. You know, Delvin, you brought it up. It's like, come on, man. Spider sense on, it's danger. Spider sense off, it's illusion. Let's go take care of this. Yeah, well, but okay. I would say in this issue, Spider-Man's, he's not himself all the way yet. Even leaving, the doctor wanted him to stay to recover, and he's like, no, I got to get out. So he left. So he could be a little woozy. You're right. what- yeah, and I mean, he did take a pound in at the hands of Kingpin. So you bring up a good point, but I still just thought it was funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was a good one. Delvin, what's your silly Spidey? Well, mental illness isn't funny. It was somewhat like just kooky to see just Jameson just completely just like, I mean, because we're seeing, we're used to seeing him ranting and raving and he just like, blah, 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 meep. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 it just fell over like, what in the world? So, yeah, like, well, not like funny, funny. It was, it was a little funny. <laughs> It was different to see. Different to see him just kind of flip out. What about you, Pat? What's your silly spidey? Well, uh, like I said, I couldn't find a lot, but I'm sticking with my wordplay, and I see that Spider-Man calls him a bunky, and that you know that bunky train is—they're still trying to make that something. So I got to hand it to him. You're going to continue that wordplay. I'm going to give it for Bunky after he takes the web out of his eyes and he says, "Hi there, Bunky." That's what I say to my wife when we wake up. <laughs> Explains more than a few things. <laughs> Jared, what's your silly Spidey? Well, I did laugh out loud, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was on content page 16, and it requires a little backstory because Spidey's been to the nursing home, right? And he's seen fake attacking elderly people, the tiger, the snakes, a dozen Mysterios. And Mysterio hits him behind the head, whack, and reveals that he was part of the wall. (laughs) Tigers, snakes, an army of old people, and he went with part of the wall. (laughs) It's not sexy at all. It's not cool. But but effective. (laughs) But effective is all. I mean, I laughed. I was like, he went with part of the wall? Then I was like, "Eh, it worked. (laughs) So... (laughs) This is why I asked the question up front. I was trying to understand how this works. Part of the wall. It reminds me of the uh, Pink Panther movie with Steve Martin, where they disguise themselves on the same wallpaper mm. and the body suits of the same wallpaper pattern so they can blend it with the wall. You know, I'm sorry, that's funny to me. <laughs> you know, I actually, when he said he was part of the wall, I went back to the panel. And I'm looking to see, okay, did they kind of like maybe draw him in there? Like a little see? outline or yeah, something? or something no, like that. No, he was only part of that wall. I'm like, I'm, I'm not getting duped by I'm this I'm like, again. is he one of the old people? Which which Mysterio is he? Is he the tiger? Could he be a snake? Nope. nope. Part of the, of the wall. That's all I got. Yeah. I laughed. And that's all that matters. As long as you get a little silly spidey out of this, that's mm-hmm. all that matters. Let's go ahead and find out what we do rate this whole story. And I bet I know what Jason rates it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. He gave it away. <laughs> I'm going to give it five now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep us guessing. All right. Well, let's go ahead and find out what we rate this issue. And it's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, 
didn't like it and one you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. We're going to save Jason for our last, so let's go ahead and find out what Jared thought. Uh, this one was pretty good. Like we said, it's a light issue. Not a lot going on other than the Jonah thing. Not bad. I really think it comes down to that cover giving it away. Mm-hmm. So I got to give it a three. If I got it revealed in the story, it probably would have bumped up. But eh, three. And I'm going to yeah. fade back into the wall. I am going to also agree with you on a three. I do agree that if Mysterio wasn't on the cover, I would have given it a four. Because I just liked all the character moments that were happening here. And his struggle with Mysterio when he finally finds out who he's fighting. Delvin, one to five. I'm right with y'all. I'm at a three. They muffed it. Bad. Like They should not have had that cover at all. They should have made some sort of way to conceal Mysterio's identity until it was revealed in the book. I'll pass it to Jason. Yeah, that is really interesting. I think there was a lot to like in the book. I think that J. Jonah Jameson's emotional breakdown was very interesting and sad and gripping. Good storytelling there. The plot of Mysterio was actually kind of good, I thought. So there was a lot to like, but this is one of those interesting moments where that cover really just spoiled the story. It was it's kind of like one of those movie trailers that gives away the whole movie before, you know, before you buy the ticket. It's unfortunate, yep. but yeah, I'm with you. Three. Yep. You get all the best parts in the trailer and then the movie just was like, Bleh. nothing to see. All right. Well, it sounds like we're all on three island again. We are shacking up with the Jack and his lady friends for Three's Company. <laughs> A little scat. Little remix. (laughs) (laughs) Steven Tyler came in the booth, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Listen to Longbox Crusade. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode. And it is X-Men number 127. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics again. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of November 1979, but its on sale date was August 21st, 1979. Cover price is 40 cents. Editor is Roger Stern. Writer is Chris S. Claremont. Plotter and penciler is John L. Byrne. Inker is Terry Austin. 
Letterer is Tom Orzakowski, and colorist is, woohoo, it's Comrade Bad Colorist, Glennis Ween again. We get double the Glennis. Double dose. Eat, 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 eat. It's Glennis, 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 Glennis. Ween, 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 ween. Glennis, ween, Glennis, ween. Color me. Highly reminiscent of our Mike Zachary mix. Zack, 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 Mike Zack. Ooh, could you imagine a cover of Mike Zeck and colored by Glennis Ween? Wow. And inks by Espinito! (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. I would dig that. You can read along with us in reprints in classic X-Men number 33. (laughs) Essential X-Men volume 2 trade paperback and Marvel Masterworks volume 37 of the Uncanny X-Men along with Marvel Unlimited. Let's go ahead and get to some cover credits, and that is penciler John L. Byrne, again, with inker Terry Austin. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe, give us a cover description. All right, I guess they're phasing out the Cockrum covers, starting to wean us off of them, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Cockrum just... covers are shrinking up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> the Cockrum <laughs> covers are... <laughs> Pulled up in there. Possibly a cold month. Mm, Could be, yes. Well, Cockrum's a grower, not a shower. (laughs) Maybe Cockrum just got out of the swimming pool. (laughs) Anyways, here we go. The Marvel Comics banner is blue with black tar letters. Corner box is ganja green this time with the floating heads of Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Banshee, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler. The main action features Storm, and she's recoiling like she has the DTs in terror from Proteus and some sort of LSD enhanced drug trip. Not really sure what's going on here. In the background, Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and Wolverine, all lime green, of course, are expressing shock and terror in the face of this Andy Warhol-inspired cacophony of colors. And a cover blurb reads, The power of Proteus, the deadliest mutant alive. Cue the Jefferson airplane. And Alice, when she's ten feet tall... I'm blanking on any. Oh, we built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Built this city. Okay. We built this city on rock and But you I don't know me or recognize my face. Sorry about that, Pat. Trippy drug-induced covers on trying to say I was kind of getting that. I was kind of getting that, yeah. I can definitely see that. Let's go ahead and get to some cover thoughts on this, and we will start with Delvin. It's pretty good. I, is the it trippy? It, it is trippy a little, but the colors, the colors make it. From just the simple black and white X-Men logo. And look, and it's now the uncanny X-Men. Check that out. Check that out. It used to just be X-Men. Now where they're using their Christian name. It's the uncanny X-Men. Not the first time, though. I pointed no. that out back when the first time showed up. Shut up, Jared. I'm, I'm, All right, I'm being I'm, <laughs> I'm being pointed here. Bye, no, okay. You're probably right, dude. Sorry. I just happened to notice it and I was on a I was on a roll. Not really. Okay. I do like the cover and just something with the blacks and the whites. And then just that maybe it's magenta in the background. 
Jared might be able to tell something about that on the color wheel. Maybe not. Uh, but I do like it. Just something about it is very striking and pleasing to the eye. Uh, I'll let Jared get his color wheel ready and I'll pass it to Jason. Yeah, I agree. There's something just very artistic about this cover that just kind of, I don't know, kind of screams that heyday of the X-Men, the late 70s, where I was really uh, falling in love with it. You've got Storm in that 70s costume. You've got the psychedelic. I think Jared brought it, summed it up best, that Warhol-esque type cover. And uh, it just looks really good. And it makes me want to open it up and see what's going on inside. I'll pass it to Pat. I definitely agree with you as well, too. It's a really striking cover, and I like the color choice on it and how it kind of fades in with Proteus. So you really don't see who he is or what he is. You just see that he's just this big hulking mass and must have some sort of power that is making Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler just kind of, you know, be like little boys that they're like, oh, no, he's going to hurt us. And they're all green, too. It's like... Green with envy of his power. And we will go to Color Wheel Jared to see. <sighs> color Wheel says that the pop-out opposite color for magenta is indeed the lime green. So, hence the corner box and the coloring of the guys in the background. I feel like I'm going to be the boat anchor on this one. I, I'm not big on the trippy cover thing. I feel like it relies too much on color work. I mean, it's fine color work. It's Glennis. So, I mean, the color work is great, but I don't know. It's something, I think maybe it it might demand that you enjoy Proteus, which as you guys will find out shortly, I do not like Proteus all that much, but I don't know, a good drawing of Storm. I don't know, just something about it. A little too trippy for me, I guess. I mean, it's not awful or anything. Don't get, it's not a one or a two or a four or a five, but I mean, it's, it's all right. It's, I just, doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Did you think when you saw this cover that it was going to be like another mind? Yep. Okay. I was like, well, as long as it's not a mind fight or some sort of nebulous character that seems like he's having his power set made up as we go. We'll get to that. The journeys of Jared and the X-Men. We can't <laughs> wait to hear it. <laughs> I, hate, I hate being the boat anchor, man. I like pop culture podcasts, but I'm going to speak the truth. <laughs> That's okay. You know, you got to Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Daffy Duck. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking. Daffy Duck and Groove. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's driving me nuts, and I know that there's a great storyline going on in Flash right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings. I think I know where Jarrett will be on this one, but we will find out where the rest of the guys are at. And it's a one through five rating as well for this. Five is you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four is you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. <laughs> I got baby Magneto powers, man. <laughs> Delvin, one through five. I kind of like it. Again, I, you know, Jared was saying it relies on the colors, but Jared, colors are art, too. Colors true. True. Are art, too. Yeah. yeah. Glennis I'm doing a rainbow different. with my hands. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm feeling peppy about the cover. I'm at a four. I like it. What about you, Pat? I agree with you, too. I think it is the colors that make this stand out. I like that purpley magenta feel to it. I think it's cool. And just the swirling around effect. I like it. I dig it. Going with the four. Jason? I'm with you guys 
on a four. I really like the story arc in this cover. It does have some nostalgia points for me, uh, but I just love Storm on the cover. I love the menace of Proteus and love the colors. And uh, I'll go ahead and get Jared's sleeping bag and supplies, get him out there to Three Mile Island and pass it to him. Toot toot. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's three. Three for me. Don't hate it. Not charmed by it. I mean, could draw in a storm, which I always appreciate. But I was going to say, I thought maybe that would have bumped it up for eh, you. I don't know. Something about it. I'm you like storm in the powerful pose, not the yeah, scary, yeah, yeah. scary oh, yeah. pose. Okay. All right. No scary cat storms for me. Power pose. <laughs> All right. Well, with the cover ratings out of the way, let's go ahead and get into a story synopsis from Jason. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants, feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect. These are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents The Uncanny X-Men. This one is called The Quality of Hatred. Our story begins with an injured storm squaring off against the omnipotent Proteus in a desperate attempt to save the lives of her teammates Wolverine and Nightcrawler. Despite her best efforts, however, all seems lost until the timely intervention of Moira, who begins to engage Proteus with a sniper rifle. Indeed, it appears that Moira is going to end her evil son's life when Cyclops stops her and gets a grade-A butt-whooping for his efforts. With Proteus in the wind, the X-Men can do nothing but lick their wounds and plan their next move. Cyclops, reeling from the fact that he got his tail beat by Moira and concerned that his team has lost its confidence, schedules an impromptu training lesson by picking a fight with Wolverine. Once the entire team gets back on their feet to defend their fierce ally, Cyclops surrenders and feels confident that the team is ready to get back into the fray. He even earns the grudging respect of Wolverine in the process. Unable to detect Proteus through Cerebro or Jean's mental powers, they can only wait for Proteus to kill again and inhabit another body. They don't have to wait long until they discover the next victim, Moira's estranged husband and Proteus's father, Joe. The X-Men rush to intercept, but Proteus takes Moira hostage and threatens to kill her if the X-Men don't let him escape. Will the might of the X-Men be enough to stop Proteus? Will Moira survive? Will Cyclops ever live down the beating he took from Moira? Not for me, he won't. Back to you, Pat. <laughs> he did get his butt whipped by Moira. I'm like, well, that's quick and easy. Yeah. All right, Jason, thank you for that synopsis. Let's get to the bric-a-brac for this. Is it a first read or a reread, Delvin? It's a first read for me. Like it when it's a first read for me. First read. That's great. It's awesome. Jared. First read. It's a first read for me as well, too. Jason? It's a reread. Sorry, fellas. 
We will get there again someday. We will three get cylinders, there. three cylinders, three cylinders, mm. three cylinders all night. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, as long as we're at Uncanny X Men, like in this era and beyond, I'm yeah, probably I'm sure. read it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into some high lows or what does. And we will start with Delvin. Since we brought it up a couple of times, I mean, <laughs> Cyclops did take a whooping. <laughs> I mean, dang, man. He just, <laughs> and, and if anything, if anything, Moira was on some old school, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. <laughs> and if I were Cyclops, I would have been like, oh no, we're supposed to preserve the life. Oh, you killed him. Oh. I might not get oh. to her in time. <laughs> I was feeling sluggish. I didn't have a V8. Oh, no. I didn't read you. Oh, he's dead. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. Would have been a short book, <laughs> but it would have been a problem solved. That is true. I'm pass it. Jared, go for it. How much time can I have? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. 30 seconds. Go. All right. This... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this whole Chris Claremont thing of just nebulous bad guys and sort of ongoing trippy, I can just do whatever I want and change reality and it can be whatever I want it to be because then I can be super creative and I don't have to box myself in with any rules or anything just drives me nuts. You know, it's the same reason a lot of people don't like the Harry Potter movies. There's a spell for everything that can fix everything, except when the plot says there's not, you know, and that's how I feel about every Claremont story. Time you did it in like thirty one. Okay, thirty one. So, so I, I still just am not on board the Claremont train, and I'm certain I'll have something to say in round two. Did you read it all? Yeah, I did finish it. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Just yeah, I know I've had some issues in the past, so you, I, I gotta say it's probably a better one because I I didn't quit. You've, okay. No mind fights showed up. Close, close to mind fights showed up, but uh, I made it all the way through, and I don't think it's awful. It's just frustrating. Mm. Jason. Well, take what Jared said and flip it around. I really love this issue in this story arc. This is one of those pivotal moments where the X-Men go up against something that's way more powerful than them and come together and figure it out. I particularly liked in this one, even though it seemed a little ham-handed the way Claremont did it, I did like the impromptu training fight, and it kind of showed Cyclops being a, you know, kind of a tough guy and the, his ability to motivate his team to get back on their feet. I think it was good for Wolverine who really was on the edge, on the verge mm -hmm. of um, losing his confidence there to get him back into the fray. So I like that aspect of it. Jason, right. fill us in. What happened last issue that shook him to the core like he was this issue? The team ended up having to split up to look for Proteus and Nightcrawler and Cyclops or Nightcrawler and Wolverine ended up being the two that found him. At that point in time, he was disguised as a police officer. He had taken the body of a police officer, but Wolverine was able to, through his mutant senses, reveal the truth. He almost got possessed by Proteus. This is where it's revealed that Proteus has the weakness against metal. And when he tried to possess Wolverine's body, it repelled him. But at the same yeah. time, it, it freaked Wolverine out because he nearly nearly died. His whole reality got altered. And with his enhanced senses, it messed him up even more. 
Okay. Got it. Makes a little more sense now why he was feeling that way. I wasn't sure as well either why they were just, him and Nightcrawler were just kind of frozen there and couldn't do too much. Yeah, uh, Nightcrawler got caught up in the reality warping too, but Wolverine's enhanced senses made it, you know, a hundred times worse for him. All right. Cool. Okay. And I think, got to pass it to you, right, Pat? You got to mm-hmm. give your thoughts. I'm going to agree with you on the team leadership of Cyclops here. Uh, not only did he did it for himself to snap himself out of it from getting his butt whooped by Moira, but also to get the rest of the team back at a level where he knew he had to get them to real quick in order to go back and fight down this highly, you know, I don't, is he like an Omega level? Yes. Do, does he come back again? Do we He's see whatever Claremont needs yep. him to be, Pat. It's whatever <laughs> Claremont needs him to be. Okay. Even now, Proteus is an Omega level mutant. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. I haven't heard of him. So interesting to see, uh, you know, his beginning. This is his beginnings here. Was he in any of the older books? Wasn't he Mutant X this whole time? We've been wondering who that is. Yeah. Yeah, he's been Mutant X on that island. This is his first appearance freed from his imprisonment. Okay. And so Myra was there because she had him, keeping an eye on him, you know, keeping him, not making sure he doesn't get out and escape or anything like that. Well, there's that part of it, but also trying to treat him as well. And that's what led her to, you know, her whole thing of looking out for other mutants who may not be able to control their powers. And according to this, Sheeta is not a mutant, right? Who's that? Mora. No, I don't think she is. Not ever right now. Not But they they say it because they say it, you know, that she's not. But yet she hasn't aged compared to her husband. Joe, and he even mentions that, like, oh, you haven't aged in quite a while, for 20 years, and like, wait a minute, does she got something kind of special about her? She does have something kind of special about her, but it's only recently been revealed in the contemporary X-Men concept. It's oil of Olay, Pat. Mm. <laughs> oil of Olay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she's doing, she's doing all right, I guess. <laughs> Let's go back to Delvin. You got a high-low or, or what the... You definitely get the sense that Proteus is just the threat. And it's interesting how in the background that they're planting those seeds of Phoenix starting to take over influence of Jean Grey again. They're not really being subtle about it. Like they kind of said, hey, these powers are too much for Jean Grey to possess. So she kind of put just mental barriers into place. But, like, those are slowly starting to break down and she's slowly starting to become uh, Phoenix again, which looks like it's going to be just as big of a problem to the X-Men as Proteus, if not worse. But for now, Proteus has been a big villain. And I, I got to laugh at my friend, Jared. Like, you not laugh at, but laugh with because <laughs> it's like, because ultimately, like, the problem that he's having with Claremont is that, like, he's creating fiction. You know, and it's like, it's just not Jared's type of fiction, you know, and, and that's, and that's not a critique. That's not a, you should love this because it's a, no, I'm not saying that at all. I just, it's just funny. <laughs> that's all. Jared, did you read X-Men though? Weren't you reading these from Jason's? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read them as a kid. Wasn't big on them. Apparently I haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought the second run through, I was going to be like, okay, I've grown up. No, yeah, maybe you get the adult side of it now. No, I haven't. No, 
and Delvin's right. He, he writes fiction, not my, my kind of fiction. He writes what I call no rules fiction. You know, I just alluded that in my last turn. It's like, it's whatever I need it to be. You know, I, I like to know the rules of the game so that when a superhero does something clever to get around the rules or bend the rules or to win the day, then it's like, yeah, that's clever. But when it's like, oh, it's, it's turned into a gas cloud, you know, I, I what? Okay. Just so like, it's like Claremont can just do anything he wants with this character. And, and then that shoots itself in the foot to me, because if I'm a villain and I can alter reality, yeah, that fight with the X-Men lasts about four seconds. Dead, 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 dead. Thanks. That's all I got for today. You know, I just changed reality and you're all dead. And, and then, so <laughs> I feel like, well, this is, this is not, this next comment's not fair, but I'll say it anyway. I feel like Wolverine's mischaracterized, but this is still early in his character. He doesn't get all oh, shaky and I get so scared because he gets mad. He gets real mad. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like Wolverine to me. Like, oh, I, I, my hands are dirty. Well, you drink my coffee. No, okay, he's, he's like, like, no. He wasn't even coffee. It's hot guy up. Yeah. It, I didn't like the, the, I'm the only one of us here that didn't like the Cyclops ham handed. I'm going to fight everyone to be a leader moment. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. That I know you. We need to show that he's tough because he's got his ass handed to him by Moira. <laughs> and I love Cyclops. Y'all know that. So Moira cool. and a rock. Moira be, and a rock, to be fair. <laughs> I love him because, you know, I thought it was cool that he got a moment to show he could, like, hold his own against everybody. I was like, yeah, all right. That's cool, Cyclops. But that's terrible effing leadership. Terrible leadership. I'm going to pick a fight just to get everybody back. The, give me a break. No. No, no. <laughs> and, and Proteus's weakness is metal, and Wolverine and Colossus can't just defeat him. Like that's their yeah, whole that's thing. That's true. That's you true. just got them telling us though how if it was you that it would be dead, 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 dead. So yeah, well, yeah. Is it? Well, pick which one. Which is it? Should exactly. they all be dead or exactly. should they be defeated? Exactly. Which is it, Claremont? Which is it? <laughs> which is it? And it's whatever he wants it to be. Thank You're God, right. John. John Burns an an excellent penciler because that's what's getting me through this whole. I make it up as I go, whimsy, whimsy. There's no rules. Uh-uh. Doesn't do it for me. And this is coming from a guy who likes Stegron. Well, st- I know the rules with Stegron. <laughs> what, what are they? He's a dinosaur, talking dinosaur. <laughs> what do you need to know? He packs heat, which is cool. <laughs> no, that's Sauron. Oh, sorry. Sauron. Yeah, Sauron. He's also. Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was thinking Sauron from the X-Men. I understand Sauron's power set. I understand every character in the X-Men's power set and how they work. But he Claremont just loves to create situations and villains where it's like, oh, yeah, I can turn gravity on its side. Oh, okay, sure. I can be a mist, and then I can do that. I, okay, okay. Just let me know when he's when he's been beaten. Next issue. Next issue. <laughs> <laughs> Something about me and Claremont can't get along. Yeah, it's it's, it's just interesting, but it could taste. You know, you you open up other thoughts in our minds. So we do appreciate <laughs> grumpy, grumpy thoughts. <laughs> Great art, though. Cool fight scene. I mean, the fight scene yeah. was cool. It just didn't feel like good leadership to me. Jason. Yeah, I think we covered a, a lot of it. Delvin kind of touched on the plot threads leading us towards more Phoenix Saga type stories, which I thought was exciting and kind of uh, jazzed me up for other story arcs to come. Probably me more so than Jared, it seems like. <laughs> I'm sure she'll have the ability to do whatever she wants. <laughs> she will. She will. <laughs> Perfect. But she has a weakness for metal, so. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess the only other thing to talk about is, um, in my mind, would be that cliffhanger at the ending. It it left me uh, really excited to see what they do next. I don't quite remember how it all turns out, but I did like Cyclops. Kind of, he really has kind of grown into the leadership role here, and you're starting to see 
the team start to gel together in their own way, which may not be Jared's way, but I think it is it is a way. Cyclops style leadership is definitely different than what we'll see from Storm when she takes the lead or Kitty Pride when she takes the lead of the X-Men. But I did like seeing Cyclops starting to come into his own. I did like seeing Wolverine kind of making that gesture to say, okay, you know, uh, this guy's worth following at this point. This isn't here, bub. Yeah. And I think it was good. I think it was actually good that Wolverine got taken down a peg here because um, it was, you know, it really shows how powerful Proteus is that he can make even Wolverine afraid. And that's saying something. So I will, uh, I'll pass it on to, uh, to you, Pat, see what you have to say. I'm interested in learning more about Myra or Mora to see what was all going on here with her. I know there's a few issues that we did skip, so hopefully we can go back and reread those sometime and figure that out, what we missed. Because I'm, you know, how does she got a mutant kid? And, and I, maybe I'm just regurgitating what I just talked about before. But See, Pat, when a man and a woman really like each other. <laughs> Which apparently these two didn't. <laughs> yeah. They clearly want to hate sex or something. Going on. I hate you. I hate you, too. Get in my bed. All right. But I'm also going to agree with Jared on the art. Man, John Byrne is just killing it on this. This is peak man. burn. Yeah, peak burn. It's beautiful to look at and just, it helps tells a story as well, too, of what's happening. Oh, just really gorgeous to look at and the colors with Glennis on it again. Just that's really good. Helps move this book along and keeps me turning the page to see what's coming, what's coming. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into who went the extra mile. Jared, Mr. Hey, you know, I didn't really think about it. I should have thought about it more. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I ultimate who, dedication. Let me ask you this. Who's your extra downer? My extra downer is Proteus. I don't like him at all. <laughs> Terrible character. But I, extra mile, I'll go with Moira. I mean, taking shots at her own kid, yeah, you know. Take out her own kid. Is she not taking any guff from the ex? She's on a on a mission. So, yeah, I'll give it to Moira. She's she's out there mixing it up with uh, no powers as of yet and uh, and great skin. <laughs> She's moisturizing. That must be wherever on the island good mm-hmm. moisture comes off of the sea there. And yeah. Just, yeah, the salt water exfoliates, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Orsted, uh, Destro's brother, stops by. <laughs> we won't get it at all. Yeah, he gets the oils from there. Yeah, definitely. It's just the oils, hey, man. Yeah, I'm going to get a little extra. Man, don't <laughs> shoot your kid, man. <laughs> he just needs burgers. a little love. Oh, uh, we've entered the G.I. Joe podcast. Let's <laughs> just uh, hang out and get some veggie burgers. We can cook and, you know. It's nothing we can't talk out. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, extra mile. I'm going to go with Storm on this one from the opening. I was impressed that she was, even though wounded, gave it everything she got against Proteus and likely saved the lives of her teammates uh, in the process. So even though she wasn't able to defeat him, she bought them enough time so that Nightcrawler and Wolverine were saved. So I thought that was impressive. So Storm for me. Good choice. Delvin? And I was thinking Nightcrawler for similar reasons in that Nightcrawler saw Wolverine in a completely out-of-character moment was just shook. He was shaken to his core and was not going to move in. And Nightcrawler's like, I don't stand a chance of hell against this guy. And I'm still about to throw myself against the wall 
to try and buy Wolverine some time. Like that level of selflessness was just admirable uh, in the face of danger. And so he'll he gets it for me. And I am going to agree with Jared with Moira. I think it takes a lot that she was willing to shoot and take out her own son. You got a lot of that going on in the comics we're reading lately. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, something must not be right. If you really got to go that way, but giving it to her for that and then trying to go and save her husband, who she hasn't obviously seen for 20 some years, to tell him that, hey, by the way, we had a kid. He's kind of going to come after you now. So see ya. Looks like Banshee has questions too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean, uh, you mean a redheaded guy? That's his power right now, still being redheaded. <laughs> I don't have my Banshee scream, so... <laughs> Why are you here? I got my Banshee whisper. Hey, uh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised we went around for the extra mile and, and nobody picked Cyclops. I mean, eh. I, you got to be impressed that he held his own against the whole team. Like, you could tell, like, good strategist and keeps himself in great physical shape to be able to do those things, but... Yeah, he could. Wolverine could have killed him at any second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was put it this way. That's a risk I wouldn't have taken as a leader. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I, I don't know. Handed him some coloring paper. <laughs> I don't like give him a shoulder rub. Be like, hey, it's okay, buddy. It's for real. Like, I'd be like, looking around. I'd be like, Banshee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whap whap whap. Y'all ready to fight now, or do I got to punch Sean again? <laughs> fight back, Sean. <laughs> I'll try. Sean <laughs> sounded like Jared after a con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay, well, let's go ahead and get to the ratings for this issue. It's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four is you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Jared, start us off. <laughs> so we can only go higher from it. Yeah, art really helps. I didn't mm-hmm. quit on it, so it's not a one. Okay. Um, I'll be kind and give it a three. All right, I got through it. It was okay. Don't like the bad guy, but... Low three? Yeah, three. Jason? I'm giving this one a four. I really like this storyline. I like how the team comes together. I like the environment in Scotland. I like them in Edinburgh. I like that they're trying to track a foe that they can't track through Cerebro. Basically, this villain is just putting them all through the paces, and uh, I'm enjoying the heck out of every minute of it. So four for me. Delvin? And I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm a high three here in that it was, it was close to that four. I did like the fight. I like seeing a powerful team like the X-Men having to be on the edge that they are. Like, I mean, this foe is lethal and can take any of them out at any moment. And they have to be absolutely careful to, you know, they have to pull out all stops, but at the same time, be careful. Like, they don't know how to approach this dude. And so I I like that. And then I like that this Phoenix thing is very clearly coming back to rear its head uh, soon. Claremont's done a good job of balancing that. So high three, almost at that four. What about you, Pat? I'm going to be with Jason on this one with a four. I think a lot of the character stuff that you mentioned, Delvin, helps move it along with the Phoenix stuff that's growing there. The intrigue about Mora and her son and her husband. The 
leadership that Scott went through. Just a lot of character moments in this one, I think. Uh, the fight wasn't, it was all right, but I just think having that team kind of come together again to kind of take them down and that moment of, oh man, what are we really going to do? We got to act as a team on this one. We, we weren't acting at it before. Now we have to. So definitely a four for me. I liked it and I'm interested to see where it's going. All right. Well, with that, then let's go ahead and bring this part to a close. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at lawnboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. And we will be right back. Hey, do you like the 90s comic book tropes of a big beefy guy with a huge gun and big shoulder pads and lots of spikes and a bad attitude? Me either. Too narrow-minded, no subtlety, but I'll tell you what I do like, the character who started the whole trend. I'm Grant Richter. In 2018, I did a project where I detailed every adventure of the superhero known as Cable, 280 characters at a time, from 1993 to 2006. And now, it's time to start the whole thing at the beginning and take it to an audio format. So be sure to check out The Cable Guide at anchor.fm slash cableguide. I'll see you soon, because with Cable, it's always just a matter of time. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show, where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, and so much more. These are the fine folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Wow. Blast it. Or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins, the Battle Wagon. Gary Viola. Welcome. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Schlacker. Kathy Bright. The Monstrous Mark Hathaway. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wachner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Pete Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> Rick of Jeff, Rick, and Pete present. <laughs> Rob Captain Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade Headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast, even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings. It helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. Looks like we got a lot of names, gents, so let's get to it. We have social media like, shares, and retweets concerning Crusaders Chronicles Episode 51 from May 1979 
where we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 195 and X-Men 124. Pat, start us off. And we keep leaving our wallet with El Sedano. We got to get it. Got, got to get it. Alexander Waffles Williams. Andrew Pancakes Franklin. <laughs> Andrew Shum with blueberries. Andy Pellerito. Angel, it says Seppi, but we'll say crepey to keep the joke going. Santos. Oh, okay. Anthony Latkes Klosowski. (laughs) (laughs) We might be out of these pancake jokes. Uh, Auburn Elvis with crepes. (laughs) Ave Brand with a side of bacon. I'm, I'm trying. Brand flakes? I don't know. Baby Skeletor. Don't call them pancakes. They're flapjacks. Bruno Fraid. I'm just, I'm killing this. It's Bruno Fraid. <laughs> With syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Brian W. Frazier. With butter toast. <laughs> Stop it. Someone killed a bit. Charles Gemmo with a side of hash. Chris J. Precious. I'm killing it. I'm killing it. I'm not going to say sweet rolls. Aren't you precious? I'm just going to keep it simple. <laughs> Chris Lydon, smothered, covered, chunked. <laughs> Chris Sheehan. I know he enjoys some bagels. Bet he does. Chris at BTO and Bat Breakfast Rolls. <laughs> 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 Toast and jam, 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 jam. Oh, this one's up on a T for I see it a mile away. Oh, I think it's me. Christopher Omelette. Oh, goodness. Cease Ruz Salvador. He's a dinner guy. He doesn't do breakfast. What are you going to say? Salvadorian coffee? Clinton Robinson. Comic reflections on what I just had for breakfast. Hmm. Mmm. Mmm. Tastes good. Conlon J. Gregory. Dale LaRose. Dale Lima. Dale McIver. Dalibor Tonko. Damon Hayward. Danielle Passetti. Daniello Dulay. Danny Bahar. Dashing Darren Sutherland. Daring Dave Franklin. Days of High Adventure Podcast. Derek Latimer. Desi LaSalle. Don Alexander. Dustin Staub. Edward Holmes. Fan Film Fridays. <laughs> Fan Comic de Paraguay. Francisco Vanagoli. Gary Haskins. Gary Mooney over Miami. Possibly related to Jim Mooney. Gene Hendricks. Gerardo Santana. Glenn Navarro. Because the Gary Mooney over Miami was like a Denny's Moons over Miami. Yeah, team. I know. I would have okay. had to go with it, too. It's right there. It's right <laughs> well, there. You, you, you got one right here then for you with the Denny's thing. Grand Slam Admiral <laughs> Yawn. <laughs> Thank you, though. There we go. Green Lantern HG. I thought you were going to go Green Eggs and Ham. Hail Jordan. Iban Pedrosa Bolivar. Ivan Chudley. Jake Bayer. James Charles Huntley. Jarvis Ewing. Jeremy Spaulding. Gerald Govender. 
Jim Sasser. John D. Cole. John D. Noel. John D.'s not. <laughs> if you hadn't done it, I would have been disappointed. <laughs> All right. John Cooter. John L. Webb Jr. John Mouser. Kathy Bright. Ken Solo. Kenny Matthews. Kevin Christopher. Korea Black. Lance Thomas. And the lovely Laurel Mountain Flower One. Manuel Lopez Cavalcante. Manuel Cañete Mendoza. Marcus, no middle name at all, Colar. Mario Fente. Mark De Simone. Matt, large side of hash browns. <laughs> Max reads comics at breakfast. Max Traver. Michael Meeks. Mike Peacock. Milos Krivosija. Krivosija. That's probably horribly pronounced. Any help, probably guys? Slavic for breakfast sausage. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was going to go for morning papers myself. But. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I, I would have said it the same way. I, reach out and tell us if we got it wrong. <laughs> Monica Montesinos Pujante. Monthly Monday movie muckabout. Morris Caldwell. Napoleon Nikolai Zivkovic. No more PJ. Olegario Martinez. Oscar Vidal Chaparro Saceres. By the way, PJ stood for Pearl Jam. Uh, Pete Fisher. Philip O. Philip Packer. Richard Myers. Rick Heineken. Some people drink beer with their breakfast. Rob Lee. Ronald Caldwell. Right Cross Ruth Sutherland. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Stephen Jones. Stephen Caver. The Master of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you wrote that. Thomas Hamelin and eggs. eggs. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Tim Elliott. Tim Price. Come on down. Tim Shelley. Travis Warren. Give me a beat. I'm still on beat strike. Didn't like my Castlevania beat. They get nicer than me. Somebody help me out. Then. <laughs> you got you got Jason there. He's he's dropping a quiet beat. We know back it like the unpacking power of the unpacking power of the power because it don't stop and it won't stop and it can't stop. You can't stop the power of the pack. Power pack of sausages. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What's happening there? Bernard Jeffries. Warlord Worlds. And last but not least, Zachary. Carter. That's the list. Anybody, gen- anybody out there still listening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even listening at this point. Like, yeah, we if you made it to the end, put in there. Hashtag still there. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> give them a prize. We gotta give them a prize. Yeah. Let's see what I got. <laughs> For real. My goodness. All We're right, gonna give you so- a pack of sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Because I almost left. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. i tell you what. i tell you what. If you made it this far, put hashtag I made it, and uh, we will send you Batman Returns on DVD. <laughs> hashtag I made it. We'll put you in for a raffle. Anybody and, made it and, through all that. And if you stop halfway through, we'll send you Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, we'll give it to you for free. <laughs> oh, hashtag we are giving it away free. I made it. We'll put you in a raffle for Batman Returns if you made it through all that. Absolutely. All right. We have uh, four social media comments, and I'll start with the first one from good old GLHG, who says, I know I'm late, but I had some issues to work, and I wouldn't miss this for the world. Great episode, guys. 
Thanks, GL. Hope you got your issues worked out, my friend. All right. I'll take the next one from Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack because the Power Pack Power Down Stop. And Not Jeff says, always love a good twist on a classic. But in the absence of that, there is this show. Uh, sorry. Typing this while watching Shatler and Ward Wardorf. Statler and oh, Waldorf. So, while watching Statler and Waldorf. 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 Okay. I, there you go. Which is kind of funny because you made a joke about us being Statler and Waldorf at the. I did. Yeah. yeah that's Second funny. appearance yeah. of Statler and Waldorf tonight. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we've had a comment from uh, Andy Pellerito before. No, I think first time listener. Okay. Well, let me grab him because he says he just simply says listening now, and we hope you enjoyed it, Andy. Let us know what you thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh, he's listening now. <laughs> and I'll wind it up with Richard Myers, who said, "Nice comics. Thanks, man." <laughs> Thank you. I just like- watched. Yeah, that sounds like a come on line that I remember hearing back in the day. That was nice shoes, and I'm not going to finish it. Anyway, (laughs) thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jason, Jared, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Tinder, I'm Big Daddy J. Huh? You can find me. On the Twitter at Christatos01, and I'm still taken back by Big Daddy J. <laughs> I'm just thinking that there's somebody, Big Daddy J. Like, yeah, I'm like, should I that up? <laughs> God, I'm getting all kinds of business tonight. Yeah, J- oh, either that or he's gonna, Jerry's gonna get an angry letter. Dear a hole, that is not your Tinder account. I don't even know if they have handles on Tinder or not. Me neither. I've never been on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and if you want to interact with us live via chat and be under to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on the next episode of Doing It Live Stream on YouTube. And we always start on the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, unless something falls in its way, which it has in the past. We will move it on to the next week. But you can check out the Lombok Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get notified of when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. If you got a comment or a question, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Lombok Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Lombok Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to
The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. All right, everybody shut up. I got to teach a class tomorrow at 8 a.m. All right. Hey, we're talking sports. <laughs> I was say, welcome to Sports Talk. It'll be oh, oh we're serious now. We yeah. got I got a real f-ing job now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this is your real job. I thought, I don't know why, but I just, I guess maybe because I was listening to your uh, Kirk <clears throat> Fu uh, episode on Give Me That Star Trek that you had a self defense class that you were teaching. I was going to say, welcome to my world, bitch. <laughs> All right, I'm bringing up the script. I am ready to go whenever. Oh, let me go on mute too. Hold on. Nope. Let me be a professional. Go on mute. Yeah, that's got red hair too. again tonight. He does. It's the lighting. Every time he cuts it and it gets good lighting, it looks like red. Yeah, I like. I it. think it looks good though, man. <clears throat> we can call you simply red. With the love, me, love, me, love, me. Yeah, I'm just gonna go simply yeah. red. If you don't know me, I get that right. Don't know me, you will never know me. Wait, dude, he did hold him back the years too. Yeah, I keep holding. I'm gonna be. See, you can't resist it, can you? It's, it's like later you regret it, but like in the moment, you're like, you gotta say it. You gotta say that. You go to bed, you realize you have to get up in six and a half hours. You're like, what the f was I thinking? <laughs> the joke wasn't even that funny. <laughs> but in that moment, yes. it was everything. All right, everything. go on mute. Back on mute. Pat, Pat, you gotta come off me. Yeah, I'm coming. Yep. I'm ready to go. All right, let's do this. Penciler, Sal Bushima. 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 Bushima? Bushima? Bushima. Okay. I thought it was Sema. I thought it was Bushima. Bushima? Bushima. Whatever. It's eh, called a whole thing. Go with, what you, go with your first thing. Bushima. I think that takes a lot of... <clears throat> oh, I'm getting... I'm getting sad. <laughs> Gerald Santana. Gerardo. <laughs> Man, I'm, I thought I had it too. Gerardo Santana. Gerardo. What did I say? Gerardo. Oh, Geraldo. Okay. Gerardo Santana. No? It got worse. <laughs> it got worse? Okay. That ice wasn't me. I don't know who it was. Not me either. It was, it was totally Pat. No one's looking at the camera right now, are they? <laughs> no, but Kathy would be mad that sticker's still on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not looking at this, is she? Oh, we forgot our OnlyFans page. The LBC OnlyFans. <laughs> It's mostly Delvin dressed up as Moses Magnum and Thomas Magnum. <laughs> I do not have those costumes yet. <laughs> Patreon! <laughs> I mean, Jason's bit wasn't bad. He just needed to land it. He got it up in the air. It was pretty good. And then it was like, it was just circled, kind of like a, a fly that was like dying. Well, what happened was, because I was like, I'm going to land it with, you know, like, okay, that <clears throat> was about to start. And then I was going to say, hey, one of you, uh, give me a hint where you are. And that was going to be it. 
But then Pat like got ahead of me because he was like, Jason, I'm over here. <laughs> and I was like, now I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. So maybe I ruined the bits. I'm the bit ruiner. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm just trying to do a show and y'all are just bits and bits. <laughs> <laughs> And Jason was like, where do we go now? Okay, nope, going on. Nope, nope, don't even take the bait. I'm just, just. Are you throw it off you know it. Where do we go now? Oh, that guy took us to the end of the track.